0: Welcome to Carver Conversations. I'm your host, Tiff Marchand, and this is a Sabre Tooth Podcast. Today on the show, we have Anne of All Trades. Anne is an amazing person. She does a lot of different things, obviously, and she was such an amazing guest to have on the show. I seriously think I've got some business coaching in there, and I think you will really appreciate it. And we talk on a broad amount of topics that were just really exciting so I can't wait to show you that but before you move on make sure you head on over to sabertooth.com and sign up for the newsletter because once a month they send out a coupon that gives you 25% off your entire order and you'll have 24 hours to use it so you want to make sure that you're signed up for that and that you don't miss out and if you're looking to buy something today and you want to save a little bit of money, there is 10% off with our show code. It's all in caps, E-M-2-C-O. All right, on with the show. Thank you for joining us. I'm so excited.
1: Thank you for having me. This yeah. is going to be great. We finally yeah. get a chance to get to know one another yeah, after it's all these day. mini moons. <laughs> where, so what where where are do are we want to use our hour for? I'm in my office slash barn slash uh whatever it like slash recording studio slash whatever it needs to be <laughs> the my recording it's room. actually yes it's next to well i mean literally it's just a drywall wall between my animals and i
0: <laughs> that's nice i i hide in my basement so this is my basement and then like my kids rooms like directly above me but thankfully i haven't been a problem for him yet i haven't got any complaints served so we're doing good i
1: mean you, that's like the tidiest basement ever, by the way. I am really enjoying your epoxy cart, your lazy. Oh, I haven't even used it yet, but yes, it's ready. Yeah. Oh I, uh, I just
0: remodeled it because I just went full-time and I said like, before I go full-time, one of my big goals is I actually need a recordable space, like somewhere that doesn't look like I'm in a dungeon. And I took three days off of work and I just flipped the whole thing as fast as I could because I'm like, it just needs to look good.
1: Well, good on you for doing that because that's actually what I recommend pretty much every creative person does at one point or another is just take time off of work, make that space livable Mm -hmm. in whatever format that looks like to you so that you have one space that's your own because otherwise, I mean, creative people tend to be also pretty messy people. Oh, yes. And if you're not careful, that'll just take over your whole life. And then it's it's actually really, really difficult to be productively creative in a messy space. So funnily enough, I actually just did that in this space. Although it probably doesn't look like it to you, it is uh, I I completely flipped this space around. Took three days off of work last month and yeah, just did the exact same thing. Yeah, and now coming in here is now like (sighs) instead of now, you look. You did some stuff there. You have
0: some nice designated spaces for things. From what I'm seeing, you made little workstations oh, for yeah. yourself. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Well, the biggest thing was I needed to add a couch because, funnily enough, just my most creative myths happens thinking wise when I'm in a comfortable position. And I was mm. actually having like an issue you know, coming up with copy, like I I do a lot of marketing stuff. So coming up with marketing copy and things sitting in this very hard chair that also helps me to sit up straight and to be productive Mm -hmm. and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But when I needed creative space, I was actually going other places to find it, but then other places involve other distractions. So I was having a harder and <laughs> harder time. Like your, in your in my living room done. in front
0: of the TV or something mm-hmm. where you shouldn't be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. And so I was like, well, I have to figure out a way to put a couch in here. And the first couch that I found that I needed it to be leather, but I also don't have a ton of money right now. So I didn't want to spend a ton of money. But uh, so I found this leather couch that wouldn't get gross because I'm always, you know, farming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found it on Facebook marketplace and I was like, okay, well, this is much bigger than what I probably need, but here we go. But yeah, no.
0: Yep. I get the, the struggle of not trying to spend too much money and trying to, I actually just watched like your YouTube video. I didn't get all the way through it, but the one that you just released and I was laughing, I was like, thank you. And for giving me the service of just like, being able to catch up on your life all at once.
1: Oh. Like This is great. <laughs> but this I loved it. is I... the addition of adam he is yeah. he's much better at helping give the whole picture of things mm-hmm. whereas i am like this week i'm gonna put a train horn on my golf cart and this week i'm going to build a traditional windsor chair and this week i'm going to shear some alpacas because that's the way that my brain works but his yep. brain is much more logical mercifully and so he's bringing some some order to the chaos that's wicked smart. No,
0: I'm just like you with it, that. Yeah. It's like, I'm project-based, you know, and it should be the overall story of what I'm doing. It shouldn't just be like this, to this, to this, you know? So
1: what, tell me about like, what's the biggest thing on the horizon for you right now? What do you like, wait a I minute, mean, you just quit your job, to do this mm-hmm. full-time. What does that look like? All of So a sudden?
0: this is like a whole new career that I built for myself. So I'm running social media for WorkbenchCon and for Sabretooth Power Carving. So those two gigs are the ones that got me to release from the day job. But I'm also um, launching a whole new product based on top of what I already do because you know I like to add things to my plate. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: I'm I have a business called Navigating Life Charts that I'm starting, which uh, both of my kids have autism, so I'm trying to build tools to help parents, you know, take care of that, schedule out their life, you know, help with transitions but take it to the next level with making it actually attractive and things that you want to have on your wall and things that are going to grow with your kid, because what's available now is just plastic. It's just ugly, brightly colored plastic with these illustrations that are just so cheesy and so horrible. And I had to live through it. So I was like, I'm like, I have to do that, but I, I'm not going to give up making horror themed art and <laughs> pop culture art. Why would you? Why would you? I can't release that. So that's why I got the laser though. So that way I can have a product line that's going while I follow my passion of creating. And then with Sabertooth, I'm doing this podcast there. I'm going to New York to do some live carving next month. Like it's giving me awesome. these amazing opportunities. WorkbenchCon, I'm helping plan WorkbenchCon and I'm doing the social media So. I get to learn so much insider stuff. I get to talk to people like you, you know, like all this cool stuff. And it's like, just like, I built myself a perfect little gig for myself. It's overwhelming. Like, cause there's so much going Naturally. on, in, you yeah. know, it's just awesome though. I'm so glad I did it. And I, you know, you have to have the balls to do it and, and, and the right plan. Like I waited six years before I did it. Like I knew where I wanted to go, but it took six years to get there. Like I I'm definitely a planner.
1: Good for you. Actually, I could learn a little bit about planning from you, most likely. Because <laughs> I did it at first. Like when I was, I think I was like maybe two maybe three years, but I think it was two or three years in, yeah. I decided to quit my job and be a build furniture for clients. And I failed miserably for about a thousand different reasons that I think yeah. a lot of people that that start a passion based business end up you know, realizing, mm-hmm. oh man, I don't have any time for the passion anymore. And now I've it's turned the thing that I love into an anchor. And then, so I was like, oh, well, but having tried and failed many things prior, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that didn't work. Great. Recoup, get a job. I worked another whole different career after that. And then I was like, okay, well now it's time to try again. And that time I did it right. But it took me three years to to plan it and to execute it in a way that actually stuck the second time around.
0: And funnily
1: enough, I don't even build furniture anymore. I mean, some. For yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. But you, you, again, the whole, it had that, you had that courage to fail, which is really cool though, to just like jump at it and do it. Like that's a whole nother thing. I think if I didn't have kids or a husband, maybe I would have been more adventurous, but I had a house already too, though. Like I, I bought my house before I met my husband. So I already had like that anchor. Like you can't quit your job because you're going to lose your house feeling, you know? So. I waited till I was 40, but I did it.
1: <laughs> well, good on you. And I they wish do. you the absolute best of luck, but seriously, Thanks. I mean, you you did do everything right. I mean, you've got, uh, I, Thanks. I mean, I just it was told you lot. about a failure yeah. of a business thing, but I do a lot of business coaching and things for people now who are trying to figure out ways that they can yeah. kind of compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things that I say to everyone is don't just have one thing, because if you exactly. do, you're really gonna be sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you will down the line because something was gonna something's gonna stop working sometime and you have to have enough things in place that you've mm-hmm. got that you that you've got something to fall back on tell me more about these charts this is actually <laughs> something that I'm very very interested in
0: so I don't know if you have anybody in your life that has autism but okay so they're very regimented they love a good schedule right And you're trying to teach them to use their vocals because a lot of kids are nonverbal too for quite a long time. One of my kids didn't talk until he was four and a half. So we had a lot of, uh, uh, uh. So I'm trying to build different tools to accommodate that as well. So I'm going to have different levels. They're all going to be customizable and they're going to be a lot of fun. And what they're going to do is just build out each kid's day and have different categories. And they're going to take the the characters you know in the morning build their schedules and then as their day goes they're just going to move them over I'm not reinventing the wheel I'm just trying to make it nicer and better yeah. aesthetic. yeah
1: yep that's amazing but yeah well, it's, it's a nice I, passion project and it's so important to have those that look look nice too what mm-hmm. you like what you said I mean I have my own version of that actually over there Uh, but when I need to make it look nicer in here, I turn it around (laughs) and there's something nice on the other side of it. Um, or when I just need to not have it like in my face and like attacking me. Um, but yeah, that's so cool. And I love that. Is it like a, a, is it to set proper expectations so that there's no surprises? Is that the deal?
0: Ease the kid. It's like a transition thing because one of the Mm -hmm. biggest things is they have a hard time stopping one activity and going on to the next activity. So usually there's a meltdown. So yeah. it's basically, how can we avoid a meltdown today? So if they mm-hmm. know exactly what their day is going to be like, there's no surprises. And like the 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 whole thing of just like picking up the icon and moving it to the side is just like, that's the transition. Now the kids adjusted. Okay. They're ready to go to the next activity because we, awesome. we didn't leave our house uh, until our kids were like three. Because whenever mm-hmm. we went somewhere, it, oh, okay, let's go, let's just go, let's just go, because like there'd be a meltdown, you know. So yeah. I understand the life, you know. So I'm like, just want to help people, and and yeah, my big thing is I like to make things pretty, and yeah, I did not like having that red vinyl chart on my wall.
1: <laughs> Heard so, that's yeah. so awesome. Thanks. Well. Do you have an established customer base or is this like a genuinely new, new product? This is
0: brand, brand new. I'm actually in the testing phase. So, the laser is brand new to me. I have never used one before. So I've been actually sitting with a few makers and getting coaching on how to use it. I probably use my CNC to carve the bases. So that way they can have like lightning bolts and um skulls, things kids might actually want to have on their wall. And then some nice plain ones that are kind of elegant for the older kids, because mm-hmm. some kids don't grow out of things and they might need yeah. it for life. And could you imagine being 22 and you have a picture of a library that has like little kids dancing in front of a library or something like how embarrassing so yeah. all the characters i have you know just kind of like stick figures very generic nice. yeah we're talking that's way so too cool. much about me but that's okay
1: uh, <laughs> <I guess>. i'm <laughs> way more interested in you than i am about in in myself so this is great plus that i mean i'm like that kind of that kind of tool is, is so helpful. I mean, I've, I've had, I had uh, certain difficulties as a child as well. And so finding the right tools and, Mm -hmm. and, and deal, I mean, let's be honest, I'm still having those same difficulties. I Mm -hmm. just know how to manage them better now. Did you get into cognitive behavioral therapy at all with them? I did. They. I mean, they may still be a Yeah. They had
0: ABA therapists that came here, um, like three, four times a week. Yeah. It was, like we got them diagnosed at 18 months. So we got help right away. They got to go to school at three, like they're six now. So like, it's just like the growth is insane. Like when you actually notice the problem and get the help, it's amazing. Like, don't be like, if someone's questioning, if their kid has it, just get them diagnosed and see like, getting help. It's not embarrassing. I think people, you know, get embarrassed by those things, but it's, it's like, sure. it's just, it's a reality. Hey, your kids have, you know, autism. They're on the spectrum, like get the help. That's how I yeah. believe it, You
1: know, I say that's the same thing for anything. I mean, yeah. any, there's so many stupid stigmas in our society about mm-hmm. so many things. And I mean, I talk a lot on all my channels about mental health and the importance of, of yeah. having the right toolkits and, you know, just being, being verbal about the things that you struggle with. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm as a business person, I often have to toe the line between business professionalism and also just being straight up with my clients, because this is like, I am the business. I am the mm-hmm. person I'm the face. I'm the, I'm the, the marketing manager and the, and the, and mm-hmm. the talent and the producer and the, everything else. And so it's like just today I sent a, a professional email being like, sorry, I've been super out of it for the last two years while I've been dealing with some massive personal crisis crises but like you know I've gotten some good systems going I would like to pick this back up just wanted to be forthcoming that that's what's been going on and nothing else
0: so that's great yeah. though. as a person on the other end I can imagine them receiving that very well you know like just people being open and honest
1: I've yet to have it be received poorly, frankly, and yeah. I've I've sent a lot more than I've felt comfortable with uh, over the last few years. But but the same the same thing is that anytime you you are vulnerable about the things, or even just expressing your needs, they might you might be embarrassed that you need things. You know, I I'm dyslexic so I, for I didn't learn how to read very well until I was 22 years old, yeah. and you know even just telling people that I need to have information presented to me in a certain way so that I can actually see it and and and, and ingest it, mm-hmm. you know, used to be cripplingly embarrassing, but now I'm just like, look, I'm 34 years old. These things are not going to probably change. Right. So if I want to be exist in the world around me, I'm just going to be honest about it. And here's the thing, when you are honest about literally whatever it is, then you give other people the opportunity to say me too. And all of a sudden. Mm-hmm bringing light into darkness yep. takes all of the shame away from it so i want more people to talk about it. i want more people like you to be doing what you're doing and to create a, a business and a livelihood over something that's actually going to help people and change people's lives yeah
0: that's what i'm so excited about like once i actually get these like i can't wait to get out there and start having people test them and make sure that it works and my theories are good you know like i want to have it in real kids and real families houses for a little bit and check it out and then once it's up and going, I just can't wait to get the reviews. You know, like that's Heck what I'm yeah. most excited about.
1: And also, you've lived yeah. it, so you know. Yes. I mean, even like I'm sure yeah. there's some level of you know insecurity there, but yeah, you have a better insight into those things that most people do. And well, exactly. also, you're further yeah. further along the journey than a lot of young parents are. You know, mm-hmm. what's yeah. that behind you? What's those green?
0: It <laughs> almost looks
1: like Ninja Turtles things or something.
0: Yeah, those is that some, what it is? Yeah, there's some Ninja Turtle tiki poles that I'm carving right now. Would you like to see one? I would love to yeah. see one, please. I forget I'm hooked. Hold on.
1: <laughs> oh, I would have loved it much more if you forgot you were hooked.
0: <laughs> so I thought I had this curved wood that I got out of um, just a, a wood guy, a guy who like reclaims wood. He sells it to people, finds it. stuff. And I was like, I'm going to make tiki poles. So yeah, I got Raff here and then I've got Shredder going on here. And I'm just carving them for our deck. I I have a bunch of burrs that Sabertooth sent me and I started doing videos for them. And I'm like,
1: well, what can I make? (laughs) You know? Dude, that's awesome. So are you a massive Ninja Turtles fan? Well, I did
0: love it, but my husband's like the massive fan.
1: Yeah. How old is he?
0: He is a little younger than me. He's 38. Okay. Just turned 38. So is
1: Adam. And here's the funny thing about all this. I Mm -hmm. think like guys their age that were you know just like in a certain certain age for it yep so adam was obsessed with the ninja turtles i didn't have a tv when i was a kid so i have no i I don't know anything about it but adam was obsessed with it and he used to talk about it all the time and so when we first got together the first gift that i ever got for him was a an april doll because he had or like a (laughs) action figure or whatever that is yeah because they didn't um you know he was like that was like the only one i could never find or whatever and of course like because he was in love with her was your husband also in love with her i'm sure he was
0: he never talks about it all i hear about is oh. jennifer aniston
1: oh well that too <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> right but it all came weirdly weirdly full circle because now the real life person that played april mm-hmm. is our really good friend really and really um, the first time I met her, I told her, although the, I've, like, in retrospect, Adam was probably really embarrassed that I did. Sure. <laughs> but I told her that like, oh my gosh, I was like, Adam was in love with you. And she's like, oh, I know every guy his age was. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but then we spent Christmas Eve with her this year and she gave him an autographed April doll. And I was like, it really is full circle.
0: That's amazing. Anyway. Yeah, I know that is, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, my husband's office is next to mine and it's literally, I just keep making Ninja Turtle art for him. And it's funny. Like (laughs) I laugh because it works well on my page. Like that's what gets me the actual follows. And I'm like, heck yeah. He's like, see, I told you, you just got to make art for me all day. (laughs) I'm like, you don't pay though, pal.
1: Well, listen, build your audience there because nerds, like most of the guys like them got good jobs because nope. they learned how to use computers and to play video games mm-hmm. and all that stuff and now they have the money to spend and they want art like that in their homes so go for it Go I am I am whole, leaning whole into it I, <laughs> heck yeah what you see
0: right there that is not painted is an order somebody ordered all six of them that I made and I was like dropped I was like that just made my month like I wasn't expecting yes. to have that income and I was just like we actually booked a trip to go visit friends with the money. I'm like, I'm spending it. I'm like, I'm celebrating. Yeah. 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 Yes. Me and my husband haven't traveled yet like by ourselves and where I'm not working because usually it's for business. So I'm like, we're going on vacation to California to just hang out with makers and just relax,
1: you know, I'm like, amazing. yeah,
0: Yeah." but yeah, Ninja Turtles. I like it. Well, (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's gonna be a hoot uh what when you go to California are you like well actually is your husband into the maker I, it was kind of surprising to hear that he goes with you to maker events he goes with me so
0: that he can be there if I need something he's there to get uh-huh. away from the kids
1: <laughs> uh-huh. I hear. You. <clears throat> and so, to, you know it's we- nice to
0: travel with him too so like you know you have course- somebody to carry a bag <laughs>
1: Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> Someone to drive the car to and from the airport so you can nap on the way. Oh see, I like driving. I'm like, you see
0: the- you nap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, if we ever go on vacation, yeah. then you can drive. I'll I drive you nap. around.
0: It's fine. Which makers are you gonna go see? Uh made by Mary Lou. I don't know if you've met her yeah. Oh yes, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So she's my primary visit. Her and uh Captain's Planks are who I'm gonna be awesome. probably uh hanging out primarily with. I've got Mary Lou as a chauffeur, so I don't have to worry about that. She volunteered. I was like, okay, save me some money.
1: Thank you. Oh, even better. Also, she's seriously the most kind and thoughtful person ever. So, I mean, that doesn't surprise me in the least. Mm -hmm. So I want to
0: talk to you about uh, just like how you try to preserve the older skills, like using hand tools and stuff like that. Like where'd that passion come from?
1: I am obsessed with living history museums. And so when I was a kid, I struggled a lot in school and one of the things that my mom would let me do when I was skipping school was take me to this really really crappy um living history museum that was so janky in retrospect but I mean obviously I knew no no difference so it was Mm. heaven for me and I got you know to to use like butter churns and all kinds of and, and like you know the the um The hand drills that you Mm -hmm. like, the egg bitter drills, and then all kinds of other tools that were like basically operate like an egg beater. And I loved that. I mean, they had little things like you could, you know, practice roping and rope the milk cans. Have one near us, like an
0: hour away, called Sturbridge Village. Yeah, you live by Sturbridge Village, my favorite place in the
1: whole world. I'm one hour away. Yeah, (laughs) so now we know where we're hanging out. I come and visit. Well pre-pandemic it was an annual uh uh, that's where we go on field
0: trips like every kid always goes there yeah
1: the kids that get to go on those field trips have no understanding of how incredibly lucky they are also like you know a lot of people don't really think that's that cool but I think that it is that cool and so my whole thing with the hand tools and everything else was you know I I I I had a really hard time learning things in a traditional way, but for some mm-hmm. reason using my hands always really made sense to me. And so it, you know, the the things that I learned and, and being able to look at the, the tools that they used every day and then actually use them and see how they worked and then put them to use, um, kind of just stuck with me for the rest of my life. And so as um, the funny thing is, I thought I, I'm making got put fully and totally on hold for me because when I was uh, 17, I w- went to school in China, and then I was I learned how to speak Chinese, and I decided that I'm going to work in corporate, and I'm going to make a bunch of money, and I'm going to live a totally different life than I was wow. raised in, and Crazy. I'm going to be able to take care of my parents and all these other things, and then um, I came back to visit my best friend for six months in America, and he somehow trapped me uh, <laughs> in America, and then the rest is history. So when I moved back to the States, I, for the first time, had a garage and I, and a yard. And I was like, oh, what? Huh. So I guess I'm going to start acquiring some tools and I, you know, got a couple hand planes that my grandfather had, um, had left, left to me. And I started, you know, reading around. There's a book called the anarchist tool chest by Christopher Swartz um which was absolutely life-changing he he basically made a life out of hand tool woodworking and I was like well I would like to do that too and so I set out on that path I started you know trying to figure out any and every way that I because I I mean we were broke at that time you know 90 percent of the things we ate were coming from the food bank so you know I I, I didn't have expendable money in Mm -hmm. any sense of the word but I I decided, hey, I'm going to figure out how to use whatever skills I can and, and you know, kind of do this like leapfrog th- thing to get some tools. You know, I started um, looking around in, in Washington. Um, we lived in like a, a fairly wealthy area, ironically. And so the things that people would throw away, like, you know, put out in the curb yeah. for trash day, I started doing basically dumpster diving. There was no dumpster involved, but I would just like, I'm sure you're like, we were always yeah. like,
0: you go to the rich neighborhoods to go to the tag sales. Cause they're going to be getting rid of good yeah. stuff for dirt cheap. Cause it's invaluable yeah. to them.
1: Yeah. So I was just, you know, meandering around their trash piles and I would just, I started collecting things and, and I would fix things and then, I, or, or, you know, improve them in some way or, yep. you know, put two things together and then sell them on Craigslist. And then, you know, for a little bit of a profit. And then I would buy the next thing and the next thing, I think I'd had like, I've, I've forgotten the statistic, but I think I had like 30 table saws before I had my own table saw mm-hmm. because I just kept buying them and no. taking them apart and fixing them and making them better and then selling them. And then eventually I had some a usable tool set in my own garage and I was just like, this is it. This is what I want to do. So I started, you know, writing some articles for magazines so that I could, you know, make enough money to buy a, enough wood for the next project. I started being very thrifty in other ways. Just what made like, you, you think know. of
0: that, like to write articles for magazines, just because you um, th- were a reader? Like, is that maybe what brought it on?
1: When I had first moved back to the states, I or, or well, I I learned I figured out how to read and comprehend when I was twenty two, and that like that changed the trajectory of the rest mm-hmm. of my life because all of a sudden books offered me something that i hadn't had before and because i couldn't you know afford to take classes or you know um, mm-hmm. you know take time off of work to go you know do long workshops or anything like that i was like well but these books are free and that was before youtube was a huge deal so we lived right down the street from the library and i was just voraciously reading any and every book i would actually my, my librarian got super pissed at me because i would check out 30 books at a time which was the limit and just be like she was like why do you have to take all 30 of them all at <laughs> once she's like you know i have to pull these off of the shelf and i was like i'm sorry would you like me to pull them off oh because i always like reserve them online because i actually can't i numbers the dewey decimal system no chance oh yeah to try to figure out where everything is yeah. yeah yeah so i would reserve them all by title online anyway she was like i had to." that's pull hilarious though. again today and then i read all of them I mean I read I read 300 and some books that first year about making stuff and and I so I was learning really quickly but also I was I was putting that into practice and so you know I'd be I'd go to work and then I'd come home and you know like like be in the garage until I fell asleep and then I would wake up really early and read some more and then go practice what I'd read about yeah and so with that I realized very quickly that I had um a couple things that most woodworkers that were like already writing for the magazines didn't have which is a sense of humor um mm-hmm. a, a the ability to to take a good photograph my dad was a photographer and he he kind of you know I was going to ask osmosis, you about your... okay. some of that and um, but ironically, as a kid, I hated photography. I hated his photography because we would go, he would be like, Oh, do you guys want to go hiking? And then we'd spend eight hours like standing get around just taking a picture of one stupid flower. And I was like, come on, let's go. But I get that. Yeah. 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 But he it, actually, we love doing that stuff together now, which is very funny. But of course, you know, you got to grow up at some point. But you know. anyway, so I, I had the ability to to be funny and to take a quality picture, and then also to just write interestingly. And I think I had it like a, I, I had a lot of criticism early on from you know people that were like, "You don't know enough about this to be teaching other people." And I was like, "I'm not claiming to be an expert ever. I'm literally saying I'm a beginner, but maybe." i i'm so close to the beginning part of the journey maybe i have a different perspective than someone mm-hmm. who's already forgotten what it was like to not know what a sawtooth was and then i will lovingly explain it to the person that's one or two steps yeah. behind me on the journey and that actually worked out really well for me because not only did it like force me to continue learning and give me a little bit of extra income it also gave me a lot of you know, early recognition in the woodworking community, Mm -hmm. which then also helped to kind of jumpstart other opportunities that I was happy to take when they were offered. So, you know, I got to go to a woodworking conference and the, and the magazine paid for it. So then, you know, then, then I got to meet Mm -hmm. all of these, you know, other woodworkers and I got to, to network and to, and to you know be like, Oh, would you like me to write an article about you? That would be a great opportunity for me to be able to come to your shop and learn from you and write an article about you, get you some publicity mm-hmm. that you very much need and can use. And then it works out, you know, for everyone. And that's kind of just what I did for the first like seven years that I was doing all this stuff. And it, and it That's it, amazing. So many people you must have met. I mean, it was unreal. Yeah. The funny thing is that first conference, I, I told you I read the anarchist. Tool Chest by mm-hmm. Chris Schwartz, who's blessedly now a friend of mine. But the the fr- I the first uh, woodworking conference, I wrote him a letter like thanking him for changing my life, and I was so nervous to me like I knew that I wasn't going to be able to talk to him. And then the funny thing is, it's like a niche thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like he was such a celebrity to me that I I get it. Yeah, up. no, it's- oh no, <laughs> it is- yeah, I threw up. <laughs> Right before I went and talked to him. And then I gave him the letter and I didn't say a single word and I like ran off. And, um, I love that. <laughs> he, he actually was just here a couple of weeks ago and he helped me glue up those, those chairs that are in the background there. And I was telling him about that and he was making fun of me. And, but you know, that was, yeah, that, that really helped, helped kind of jumpstart things. Then it, weirdly, because I had the credibility mm-hmm. of, uh, credibility of of writing for magazines and being published and being seen places, I was offered a job running a woodworking school, which was incredible. And the only reason I took it was because what they really needed help with was a marketing problem, and marketing is the one thing that I like know. And so about, I was like, right? yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm not a good woodworker, but I can do marketing, and I can help you fix this, like fix this program. So while I was there. I had never even taken a woodworking class before my first day of work running this woodworking oh, school. That's crazy. And, and like everyone else in the room is, you know, they're like, Oh, I have a master's degree in this and I've been shown in this museum and they're like, Oh, where, where's your work? And I was like, in my mom's living room, obviously that's the <laughs> only person who is not embarrassed about it at this point. But, uh, through that, I built the program that I wished I could have taken, that I, that I wish that I could afford to take. And then incidentally, I got paid to take it. And that was really awesome. And the program was thriving, um, you know, within the next couple of years. And so when I was ready then to move on and do my own thing, I was able to pass it off to my friend who then did an incredible job, you know, building the systems and actually running it and making it work in a way that, you know, I couldn't because, I'm good at ideas and starting big things and getting the thing and, you know, convincing people to join on the journey. But then I, I'm not a good manager. So that was, it gets monotonous
0: doing the same thing all day, every day. It does.
1: Yeah. And I mean, some people can do that and God bless them because I need those people also to help me get Mm -hmm. the stuff that I need to get done because I, I, I can't. Yeah. which i i follow the the interest and the excitement and the novelty everywhere that it'll take me because that's the only the <laughs> only path that i've ever been able to 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 go i mean i'm self employed because i have never been able to keep a job very long you know so
0: crazy i had mine for 16 years before this <laughs> it was a long long it was a long this journey. is your planner and <laughs> yeah. you this is
1: this is the thing i love it we're good i love being so
0: yeah i was saying i love being like different than other people because you get to see the other side of you know like what if i was more impulsive or what if i you know trust me you don't want that for yourself <laughs> or for your family or for
1: your bottom line or for right. your business or anything else
0: I let my anxiety do the talking of how big of a move I make, you know, by planning, oh, it calms the anxiety down. I know
1: yeah. a thing or two about anxiety. Yeah. That's how I control I have... it. That's good. A little. Maybe I should be better. <laughs> well, I mean, I will say that the systems that I've built, like, like, you know, my planning systems and things mm-hmm. that, that force me to do be more of that are the the way that I get control of that stuff too, because, you know. Yeah. My greatest source of anxiety is letting people down because my whole, my most important thing in life is building relationships with people. So if I let them down, that really negatively affects that. So that shame is great, it's a great motivator. (laughs)
0: website i really loved how you have it all divided out like you know you have your three categories you kind of show like these are my main focuses i may go away from those but like these are my three main focuses like it's just really well run i like how you have a bit of merch to bring some money in you have like your occasional spoons that you might carve you have really diversified what you're doing and like you said keeping those stuff spread out one thing fails you got to pivot to the next thing
1: i like totally it. The one thing you didn't see that needs to be there a lot more is is a lot more teaching. So, so I I, like for the longest time, you know, doing public speaking engagements and traveling and teaching was a huge part of my income. But then during twenty twenty, uh, a lot of that had to pivot to online stuff, and Mm -hmm. it turns out that I think a lot of that translates really well online. So I've got you know I have a few courses that I've done for other people. Um, but the the path that I'm heading towards is doing a lot more courses because A, I want to, um, you know, continue my novelty seeking yeah. as I'm creating them. But also I want to provide other people with with high quality education that will be accessible. Because mm-hmm. the one amazing thing about, you know, like even if, you know, I had the opportunity when I was first getting started, I was, I was given a full ride scholarship to this incredible woodworking school, but I couldn't afford to go, even though, even though it was going to be free because I mean, I couldn't afford the gas to get there. I couldn't afford the housing. I couldn't afford to take that much time off of work and just not have income for that time. So I was Mm -hmm. like, that to me was a life, you know, that would have changed the entire trajectory of my life, Yeah, but I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So, so what I want to do with this stuff is, is give people like me the opportunity to 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 learn without without any barriers, so we have some scholarship programs that I've been working on putting together that um, that will help to like purchase tools and and actual physical physical so cool. supplies. But then with digital courses, I mean, it doesn't cost me anything to give someone a a link, you know. Mm-hmm. And so for that, once it's already made, I'll be able to um, offer those things. I have uh, no questions asked policy. Um, just if, if you can't afford it and, you, and you're and you actually gonna use it, you let me know, you don't have to tell me why or anything else, and then it's yours. That's um, amazing, that's really cool. But, oh yeah, and all of that is under the name, uh, the School of All Trades. I'm building a physical school here too, which I totally forgot to mention at the beginning of this. But uh, yeah, so I'm building a physical school here and we'll film a lot of that content here. We'll have guest instructors who have, you know, all kinds of different skills and can do different kinds of projects. And then the online portion will be there. But if you want to find it now, you can just, I mean, there it's, it's, it's slow to get started because as, as I'm sure you saw while you were doing that stocking, there's a lot of other things going on and it's hard to push 10 rocks up a hill at the same time.
0: Well, you very smartly made it your link in your Instagram. So kudos to you. Cause that's where it brings you. It doesn't bring you anywhere else, but it brings you there. So I did do a good stocking. See, look at that. I'm impressed. <laughs> No, it's super smart. So, it's going to be like an online subscription where you just sign up and you get the classes. Um, Insider Secret of WorkbenchCon, there is going to be an online subscription class that's going to be happening before WorkbenchCon. So, once you get your ticket, you'll be able to get that like before you even go to WorkbenchCon. We're going to have it digitally. So, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like, I think that's going to be a really important class because I feel like a lot of makers are starting to move towards that because You do need a steady income and you do want to give back to the community, but also you have to pay bills. You have a family, you have things that you need to afford. So it's like a really great way. And like you said, like in the cases where you just want to help somebody out, you can just have that opportunity to just send them a link and which is an amazing thing to be able to do. So, yeah, yes. So definitely make sure you keep an eye out for that class because I think that will be nice. I am
1: excited. Very,
0: very relevant to what you're doing right now
1: very relevant indeed. And also, as you said, relevant to what a lot of people should do. I mean, I have, I have like, like, I think that everyone should like, I think that everyone has something that they should teach. Mm -hmm. A lot of us, I think though, end up at least starting teaching the wrong thing. And so, or, or, you know, something that like what I'm getting at is that I think that every single person has some like super, super special skill. And a lot of people, especially I've, I've seen in the maker community, I'm sure it happens everywhere, but I, a lot of people within the maker community, you know, want to do that thing. They want to quit their job to follow this passion, mm-hmm. but are missing a key element. And that key element is, is basically, how am I going to actually make this financially work and also do the work of the business and everything else. And yeah. for me, at least, It was actually, it wasn't until I had activated, I mean, I said that I quit my job to be a furniture maker and now I've been self-employed and I barely make furniture anymore. It was it was activating that or realizing that one thing that I had that was really valuable that that very few other people had, Mm -hmm. and then really, really zeroing in on that. So um that lets me do the things that I'm able to do now. Um, you know, I I get to be self-employed because I've, you know, activated this one thing that's different about me as a, you know, farmer slash hand tool woodworker slash whatever else that I want to be, but actually gets the bills paid. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of people the I love that people are leaning into that online course thing a lot more, but even with the workbench con thing and makers in general, there's probably opportunity to teach a lot more than just making. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's been the thing for me. I mean, the funny, funniest thing that I I, I realized my most valuable skill is actually like teaching people how to prioritize their time and to like plan and, and schedule things out and like do the, the work that we've been talking about that yeah. I'm bad yeah. at because I had to figure out a way to do that. And it turns out a ton of people were following me because they saw me doing that and they wanted to know how, but I had no idea that I that's thought they, why were, they were there me because yeah. they were wanting to watch a squirrel chase a bunch of nuts <laughs> all around the yard all day. Uh, but actually, as it turns out, they were like, wait, how is that happening? How are you doing all those different things? And I was like, oh, well, just the only way that makes sense and the only way that works. But apparently that's something that not everyone's good at. So let's talk about that.
0: That's great that your and community that, gave you that feedback, though. Like you have a very yeah. active community. I was looking just like at your life, the amount of comments that were just flying through there. I was like, that's awesome. Like that's just an amazing feeling to be able like, to be overwhelmed by all the feedback you're getting, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Hey, what'd they say there?
1: And, you know, <laughs> heck yeah. Well, and you know where that comes from is, is by being real people, mm-hmm. people want to connect with other real human beings and I used, I mean, I, I, I was super, super insecure um, most of my life. I mean, in some situations I still am, but, you know, like, because I couldn't really read and I, I never really thought that I was very smart because math was impossible for me. I thought, you know, yeah. like these, these easy things are so easy for other people. I mean, these are these impossible things for me are so easy for other people. So I kind of thought I was stupid for most of my life. And in that I felt, like an imposter anytime I wrote a a magazine article or anytime I got up in front of a a class to teach or anything like that. And then of course, jerks on the internet made it worse Mm -hmm. uh, by affirming that insecurity. But, um, but it was really just like, like like when I started to let down my guard, when I stopped, when I realized that I didn't have to be an expert for people to like me, and i just like was was able to stop you know stop being defensive and you know stop you know putting up this constant wall and always having mm-hmm. to be perfect and polished i say i
0: put a show on yeah
1: yeah yeah when it wasn't a tv show anymore and when i wasn't reading a script anymore people really started to get engaged and i also started to get a whole lot more enjoyment and satisfaction from being part of it all
0: yeah. You're having real conversations with people about topics that yeah. you care about. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what I've noticed about you over the years is just how vulnerable you are. Like you're really like an open book and it is really refreshing because you don't see that very often. I do that in stories. I don't do that on my page. And like, I've been noticing that about myself and I'm like, but why don't I, I'm like, yeah. do you, I feel like I'm going to burden people for like, listen to my real feelings, you know, like, it's interesting, but I love that you do it and it definitely inspires me to, to try to be a little bit more open and not just be, absolutely. Open, you know,
1: I mean, and the real, I think the real ticket to, for like, no matter what we're doing online is, is it's not just about sharing what we're going through, um, which can often fall really flat. It's like, you know, it's, it's a few makers have really, really made it big by making like just look at me doing what I'm doing. Watch me do this thing. Yep. But I've seen so many people then try to emulate that same thing. And it just falls flat and falls flat and falls flat. And oftentimes I think even with those makers that have made it big by just doing the watch me do it, there's yep. other things at play. Like maybe they're super funny or like all these other things. And so it's right. not just watch me do it because I it's tell that you what special there is. factor. Yeah, yeah, there is no value whatsoever in just saying, "Hey, watch me do this thing," mm-hmm. or or even, "Hey, I feel like absolute human garbage." Blah 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 blah. Right. The, it's it's really trying to find the 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 common the the commonalities with other human beings. So when I talk about you know depression, mm-hmm. I'm not just like, "Oh, woe is me, I'm so depressed." Right. I I really try to think about like who who exactly. Am I trying to talk to here? What is going to make this valuable and interesting to them? How can I add value instead of just being like, "Hey, look at me and whatever it is that I'm doing or whatever it is that I'm talking about"? So, I mean, even you, you have you have this incredible perspective to offer other parents uh, that are struggling with similar things. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you can absolutely like you don't have to obviously if, if you want to keep that part of your life private, but but you could absolutely speak to the the pain and the frustration and like the loneliness and the isolation mm-hmm. of not being absolutely. able to leave your house for three years of of the embarrassment or whatever else that like oh yeah oh yeah being out in public with you know like just like screaming and crying and throwing things and all mm-hmm. those things like like keep listening you exactly that. yeah yeah i and, know it's, and,
0: it's a lot you're hitting all the things
1: <laughs> yeah and and you, you have this valuable perspective and the opportunity to offer someone else who's in that situation, a, a me too moment, like a, Hey, like I've been there too. And it really sucks. Mm -hmm. By the way, this is one thing that really helped. And I mean that even, I mean, you know, from, I, I hate even like going from point A to point to this point A <laughs> point B because this sounds super douchey, but I mean that's literally what all marketing is. Like good marketing is yeah. connecting with people. Money is a problem solving tool. So as business owners, we have the opportunity to solve other people's problems. And Absolutely. if we can actually clearly communicate what the problem is, to invite the people that have that problem, that same problem in, and then we can clearly communicate how we're going to solve that problem. Now, all of a sudden that solution, people are going to use their money to, to get that solution. And we have a viable business and we can feel good about charging the money that we need to charge to be able to get mm-hmm. that, like make that business happen because we see that people problems are actually being solved. And then, you know, and then there we go. We've got a successful business because, and that's all that we're doing with marketing is we're, we're telling the story of the problem. And, and we're Mm -hmm. offering a, a solution. And so we've got to use the same language that the people that are having that problem would like, would expect to see and hear, and we've got to, you know, be open and raw and vulnerable and all those things so that they know that this isn't just some stupid sales tactic. Like you're not filling in like a little, you know, formulaic thing. That's just like, I like it.
0: Thank you for the free business coaching today. I just want to say, (laughs) cause like it's everything I need to hear about. Like, it's all the stuff I want to do for navigating life charts that I haven't had the time to do it. Cause I'm, I have myself quite stretched. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's, that goes on the Ten burner. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That always ends up on a burner, but I'm like, it's gonna happen. And when it does though, like that just gives me so much insight of how to go about the marketing. And on, you kind know, of like with you, with how you read all those books, I became a podcast junkie. So while I was doing my very boring marketing job that I was in before, I was, you know, listening to Made for Profit. I was listening to uh, Side Hustle School. Like, there's a bunch of different things that I was just like absorbing business knowledge. I went, I think, like a two year bid, like binge of just that kind of information coming in all day. So, I think it's great that you know the people who really want to make those moves will put the work in on getting the education yeah. they need to to grow and to move. Have you ever tried um, power carving
1: yet? With the like- yeah, yeah. Actually, the uh, power carving is so is is kind of great. So I I really like to encourage people to start with hand tools, literally just so that they can figure out what they're like what's about to happen. Because yeah. the funny thing is, when you're using hand tools, it, everything happens a lot more slowly. So if you're especially if you're carving spoons, the reason I mean spoons are, you know, cool. They're useful. There are things that you can use in your kitchen. You can mm-hmm. make something and then get invited into a thousand different kitchens, and then be part of every one of their <laughs> nightly dinners or whatever else. Yeah, no, it's uh, true. The cool thing about spoons is I always like to use them as a vehicle to teach the other things that people probably wouldn't be as interested in learning at the beginning, which is, I mean, you've got to figure out how grain direction works. So if you're carving a spoon, you're going to Figure out, like, if you're power carving a spoon, you're going to f- figure out really quickly that at, when that grain dr- changes direction, it's going to grab and it's going to flick, and then you're going to ruin your spoon. Mm-hmm. And that happens a whole lot more slowly when you're doing it by hand. And so you can learn some of that, like, some of those tools yeah. and techniques kind of um, at first. So, but the funny thing is, because I teach so many spoon carving classes, I end up having many, many, many in progress spoons that dry out. And when you're hand carving oh. you want to start with wet wood and when you're like and once it dries it's really really hard to work it's just basically frustrating it's like that not, not impossible it's just like frustrating to work by right and you're not it takes s- more physical scooping effort out
0: what you need to yeah exactly it's yeah. much more effort to get that
1: so with all of my like 50 to 100 dried out half done spoons that i did like you know were yep. examples while i was teaching that's like the perfect opportunity to use the power carver yeah. to finish it up because once that wood's hardened it's just like oh well no problem and then it's done
0: yeah i think she sent you eric curtis's kit because
1: yes yeah and eric is the uh is the one who got me started well not got me started with spoon carving just to be clear but got me started <laughs> with the with because i had you know it's one of those things it's like as a as a maker I'm sure you know this like whenever you you don't you don't even know that a tool exists Mm -hmm. and then you see it and then now that you know that it exists you have to have it exactly and so I didn't even know that power carving with you know to that on that scale was a thing and I was like well that's got to happen now (laughs) same thing with like you know I I've started using angle grinders for metal work and then Mm -hmm. I was like wait a minute these could be used for seat carving with chair making, and that oh, would yeah. speed things up a whole lot.
0: Oh, in uh, in October, I'm going to be teaching how to like power carve spoons and stuff. And I've never carved any before, so I went. I was laughing because I went to my husband. I'm like, I got to show Anne my spoons and stuff. I go, so this is my first. Like, I went a little too narrow on, on this one, but like just playing around, just to do like that was the first one I did, and then I just did the scoop, playing around with it the other day. But like it's amazing what you could do with those burrs never having done a spoon. And that's what I'm, I'm going to be Heck teaching, yeah. beginning spoons. So I'm a beginner teaching beginners. Let's go.
1: Listen, once you're a few steps down the road, you can yeah. teach, you can help a few of the people that are, you know, give them a hand up to where you're exactly. at.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So I'm bringing a nice jigsaw. We're going to have some fun in the field. It's going to
1: be a good time.
0: Excellent. Yeah. I love it. I love that makers camp is going to be so fun. And that saber tooth was like, Let's do it.
1: <laughs> Why not? Oh, yeah. oh, oh, so that's gonna be at makers camp. I'm still yeah. trying to figure out if I can come to that. I I'm in this funny place right now of like I need to get out more. Obviously. Join. But also you know, it's so stressful and so difficult to leave the farm. And so, and also I, I mean, for seven years, I was traveling at least two, but oftentimes three or more times a month for work. And I was gone, you know, so much of the time that I actually was still doing it up till like, right before we moved here. And that was the intention is to just like, keep going with that stuff. But then um, kind of mercifully for my own, just like life whateverness. Uh, the pandemic happened and I wasn't able to leave my house for three years. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, huh. Maybe I could find a pot of balance moving forward instead of just this like insanity all the time. But now I'm like, but everything sounds fun and I miss all my friends and I want to go see everyone.
0: COVID was like the perfect break, as bad as it is, you know, like obviously just the time of having to be home having to be stuck home has given so many more people opportunities the amount of makers that came out of it like besides this podcast i have my own where i interview makers and just the amount of people i've talked to that are like oh yeah i started when i got stuck at home because of covid and like i had something to do or we wanted to build something here you know like it's amazing what people have stemmed on from just having to be home having to be with their family maybe they needed some time away from the family and they found their garage you know it's pretty interesting <laughs> I,
1: oh, i'm totally. a realist
0: i'm a realist Anne. <laughs>
1: Listen, hey why do you think i have all this set up in my barn and not my home
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> need to step out for a moment why and do you think to- i learned how to use a router in my garage not in the room where my twin babies were crying all day mama yeah, need to step away for a minute.
1: Yeah. I mean there's an argument for hand tools too by the way. I have a lot of friends who don't have the like they don't have enough soundproofness mm. to to do stuff but then they're able to build stuff, you know, right in the next room next to their babies. I used to I I didn't have a shop for a long time so I worked in my laundry room and there was like you know obviously I couldn't use any power tools in there because it would make the whole house awful. But mm-hmm. it, there was like even a certain magic to that, even because it was just like, oh well, now I have to figure out a. I mean, a lot of times I would be in the middle of a project, and I, my it was so small that I had to climb over like the workbench to get to yeah. the other side of the project to like you know,
0: cut on the I other side. But, I mean,
1: you know, you can silently do almost anything, which is kind of cool too.
0: No, that's pretty but, amazing. And the sound effects are really nice. Come on, the scraping sounds. Oh, so
1: ASMR. It's yes. So great yeah. it's a little shoop 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 mm-hmm. and. Hmm. also from a photography standpoint and i will be honest that was actually probably the two things that were most pleasing to me about it is that in any light it's just like oh my gosh the light's hitting that so beautifully it looks like 1822 right now oh <laughs> yes more
0: and here we are well yeah know you don't have powder <laughs> on your floor you have shavings that's like it's a different that's world right.
1: yeah yeah that's right
0: yep we're all covered yeah. in dust <laughs> well If you do come up to Surbridge Village, come let me know, because I know, I don't know if you know Crafts with Dre or Man-Made MA, but they both like know like the blacksmith there and they go there all the time too. So it would be really Oh, Alan? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Trust me. Listen, these are my people. (laughs) I was going to say they go and they visit him and like they'll like chill for the day and stuff. So yeah. Plus they have great food in Surbridge.
1: (laughs) uh yes there's yeah. pretty much every good thing i just usually pop like seven bennies and then have a lobster roll <laughs> good. A shellfish but like it's just oh. worth it and i'm working on curing myself by exposure therapy because if it works for mental illness i've decided it also works for food <laughs> so we're on our path So you've got the epi pen
0: i hope but just in case oh, yeah 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 right. yeah be prepared yeah, yeah you gotta have
1: it <laughs>
0: all right then a little burst have a of energy up. for the afternoon <laughs>
1: Awesome. Anyway, well, on that
0: note, let's <laughs> let's wrap this let's, up. Let's not, let's let's not, not talk about Anne dying further. at a
1: seafood restaurant, <laughs> especially because I still am working on my lobster sponsorships. I mean, I'm really tr- like I would love, love, love to find some you know next day delivery air lobster service. Is that like so, your favorite
0: food right there? Just are you like a big seafood oh, person? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Well, no, not seafood. Just, just lobster. lobster. Just lobster. Oh, also, I mean, crabs are okay. Should I ask, but is butter better. your favorite food?
0: or? Yeah, butter is okay. my favorite food. It's All a right.
1: vehicle for the butter. Okay. So, also, my favorite vegetable, should you ask what you think, but I will tell you is, and oh, no no no, 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 no. Artichokes, artichokes, oh, okay. because then you get to dip and scoop the butter with That's each true. thing. A corn, yeah. you just have one small lathering. And then I mean, also you can re-slather and then
0: just, that is true. That is problematic. Yes. Is.
1: But also like, I mean, then you can cut it off and everything. But here's the thing. I just, artichokes are better and they taste more like lobster anyway. So there's that.
0: Artichokes just remind me of my grandmother. She's an old Italian immigrant. Like that's like, the Yes. Thing. see, yeah. there's
1: my Italian. Yeah. Oh, okay. Also okay. with Here the hand yes, waving in case you didn't catch that earlier.
0: Well, and have a great night and I'm sure I'll talk to you more. Have a good one. Uh, I Thank
1: look you. forward to it. We'll see you soon. Bye. Cheers.
0: Yeah. all right I hope you enjoyed the show that was an amazing experience for me and I hope it resonated with you as well so a couple of things that we talked about we're gonna be at makers camp Sadie Mae and myself city is from the awesome orange we're gonna be there we're gonna be doing all kinds of fun demos we're gonna have some quick carve competitions and come say hi because we've got some goodies that we want to hand out so if you're interested in power carving come stop by you will not regret it we have over hundred and twenty burrs to play with and it's gonna be a really good time we've got some great wood from Miller's rustic sawmill and forest to home So come check us out. I think you're going to have a really good time and we can't wait to see you. So until the next episode, keep on carving.